uh, out of uh, any book in the Bible, just looking at that 316 verse and uh, letting it speak to us this morning. So today we're going to do the same and we're going to look at Colossians uh, 316. And to kind of set you up for it, I've got a video for you to watch. And uh, it's an actual commercial. I love it when the world actually gives me something I can use. Uh, this is an actual commercial. It's a FedEx commercial. But to understand it, you have to remember the movie Castaway. Do you remember the movie Castaway? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, big time. Tom Hanks and all that. And he's out on the desert island. And, you know, the one package he just has to stay and deliver and keep alive. Well, anyway, watch the screen and uh, hopefully you'll get it there. years with this package and I swore that I would deliver it to you because I work for FedEx that's very admirable thank you hey, well, by the way what's in the package huh, nothing really just a satellite phone GPS locator fishing rod water purifier and some seeds just silly stuff thank you again you keep up the good work <laughs> oh, huh? I can't believe how calm that guy is. <laughs> I can't believe how calm he is that whole thing. Well, uh, kind of sets you up for the theme of the day. Uh, in this, as we look at Colossians 3:16, Paul is going to be telling us that everything we need for higher level living is right there for us. Yeah, just like in the commercial, everything was in the box for him to be saved from one life to move to a different life. Uh, so it is, as we get into Colossians, we'll see that Paul is giving us the opportunity to look at higher level living. And that's the, uh, the title for today, the topic for today, higher level living. How do we go from where we are to where uh, God wants us uh, to become? And the verse for today, just to give you the 316 verse, Colossians 316 says... Let the message about Christ completely fill your lives while you use all your wisdom to teach and instruct each other with thankful hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. Okay, what's happening? Colossians 3.16. What's happening in the book of Colossians is um, that Paul, you know, has been out missioning congregations. And as he missioned congregations, obviously he brought new people into the faith. And an amazing thing happened. Those new people that came into the faith went to neighboring towns and missioned new churches. There is this multiplication thing that we believe in in the church where believers actually go out and not only bring in new converts, but they start new churches in new places in other towns around the world. That's what happened with Paul. Paul had missioned a new church, and one of the converts in that new church then went to Colossae, and he missioned a new congregation in Colossae. And the church was growing. Colossae was just a small little town, not very significant, kind of one of an old trade route kind of towns, but uh, kind of on the downside. But a flourishing new church had started. And as it would go in the early church, as today, unfortunately, these people got together, they came to know Christ, and there was questions, and there was disagreements, and there was this way versus that way. And so Paul now is writing a letter to the new converts in Colossae to support the fellow that had missioned the church to try to correct heresies that are going on. And what's the heresy? The heresy in Colossae seems to be the same old, same old. The, the problem is you get a group of people together, and one group says, Look, 
Now that we're following Christ, we also need to follow a set of rules and regulations. We need to follow some rules and regulations in order to stay in the Christian lifestyle. So they want to set up a series of rules, a series of do's and don'ts to say, now this is how you live and this is how you don't live. Paul, in his letter, is responding to that. In the letter, he responds by basically saying, look, you you don't understand. It's not about rules and regulations. It's about a relationship. That you don't live your life according to rules and regulations. You live your life according to a relationship. So in chapter number 1 of Colossae, he talks about how incredible Jesus Christ is. He just talks about the amazing nature of Christ and what Christ has done uh, for each one of us. Then in chapter 2 of Colossians, he directly attacks this whole rules and regulations thing and says that's just not the way we live. In chapter 3, our chapter, he then begins to talk about what does it mean then for followers of Christ to live in this relationship. And that's where we're jumping in. We're jumping in trying to understand what does it mean then for us to live in this relationship. And that's what we'll discover and unpack today. Paul starts in the first part of chapter 3 by saying, look, this relationship starts by followers of Christ getting their head up. You just got to lift your head up, he says. He says it this way in verse number 1. You have been raised to life with Christ. Now set your heart on what is in heaven, where Christ rules at God's right side. Think about what is up there, not about what is here on earth. I don't know if uh, many of you played in sports, but I did, you know, some baseball, some basketball in my growing up years. And inevitably, there was always a coach on the sidelines. And periodically during the game, of course, never to me, but periodically during the game, the coach would always holler, Get your head in the game. You ever hear that before from the sidelines? Yeah. The coach just says, hey, get your head in the game. Get your head in the game. Come on. You know, Paul is saying to us, look, you've got to get your head in the right place. You've got to move your head to a higher place. You've got to move your thinking to a higher level. Move your thinking not to where the world is, but move your thinking to where Christ is. See, Paul understands a principle about us. Where our mind wanders, our life will follow. Where we let our mind wander and think, so our life will follow in that direction. So Paul's saying, look, you were made to do higher level thinking. Your life was made for a higher level of living. And so you need to lift your head up and set your hearts on what's in heaven and set your head in what's up there, right? He's talking about up. Why? Because you were raised with Christ. It's all up. He's telling us that we need to think and live at a higher level. And that means getting our heads up. Look at verse 4. He says it this way. He says in verse 4, Christ gives meaning to your life. And when he appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Don't be controlled by your body. He's making a separation again and saying, look, your head needs to be up here. You need to be thinking about Christ and what Christ has accomplished for you. You need to be thinking about all the incredible things 
that God has accomplished for you and can accomplish in your life. And don't let the world drag you down. Don't let, don't let the thinking of the world capture you so that you get trapped by the thinking of the world. You weren't created for that. You were created to get your mind higher and not get involved in the things that are of the world. If our mind gets involved in those things, we follow those things. He then makes a list of the things that most people in the world get wrapped up in. He makes a list of things saying, look, if you let your mind go the way of the world, this is the stuff that's out there and what you'll end up thinking on. Now, as you hear the list, think about how descriptive this really is of our world of today. You ready? The list goes like sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed. Good list? Pretty accurate? See, Paul's saying that is where the mind of the world is. That, that's what the world thinks about every day. And if you let yourself and you let your mind go that way, then you're going to go that way. And that's going to take over your life. And you're going to be dragged down into the thinking of the world. You were made for higher living. And so you need to lift your head up. You need to keep your heart and your mind on the higher things of what Jesus Christ has accomplished for you. You need to keep your mind and your heart on the higher things of what it means for Christ to be in your life. He just boldly comes at us then in verse 8 and says, look, that's the list of things. And in verse 8, he just, great theological statement here, he just comes straight at us and says, but now you must stop doing such things. What's he say? If that's where your mind is going, stop. Right? If that's what's consuming your life, you're saying there's something better for you. you just got to stop letting your mind go in that direction and move your mind and your heart to a higher level. He says in verse 10, each of you is now a new person. So you don't have to think that way. You think new. Each of you is a new person. You are becoming more and more like your Creator, and you will understand Him better. See, we step back and say, well, where is our mind? Where is our heart going? And we move it to a higher level. And that higher level is what we were created for. We were created to be like Christ, to think like Christ. We were recreated in Christ so that that can actually happen. Paul wants us to understand we're made for higher living, and it starts with moving our heart and our mind to a higher level. Now, you may sit here today and say, you know, that's all great and good, but I don't think that could work in my life. I'm not sure I fit the category. That's really tough stuff. I don't know if I can get there. Paul comes back at you in verse number 11 and says, now this is who this is for. Verse number 11, he says, it doesn't matter if you are a Greek or a Jew or if you are circumcised or not. You may even be a barbarian or a Scythian and you may be slave or a free person. Yet Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Did you get the list? So if you're in the room today and feeling like a barbarian, you're on the list. You can have higher living. If you're in the room and you're feeling like a Scythian and you're saying, well, I don't even know what that is, but <laughs> it could be me, it's okay, you're on the list. Paul looks at all of us and says, look, we can move our lives from where they are to something of higher and greater meaning. Why? How? 
because Christ has moved from the heavenly realms to us. Do you see that in the verse? Because Christ has chosen not to stay in the heavenly realms, but he's chosen to come and be with us. No matter what happens in our life, Christ has chosen to be with us. He lives with us, in us, Paul says, in all of us, no matter what it is. If you want your life to be significant and to have meaning, move your heart and your mind to a higher level. Um, how do you know that can happen? Paul gives you the reassurance in verse number 12. He just comes straight at you again in verse number 12 and makes a simple, incredible statement. God loves you and has chosen you as his own special people. Isn't that awesome? He wants you to never forget that. No matter what's going on in your life, and if you start feeling yourself getting dragged back into the worldly thinking, Paul's saying, stop, wait, stop, and remember, God loves you, and God's chosen you. Whether you're Scythian, barbarian, Greek, Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, doesn't matter what's going on and who you are, you need to stop. Remember, God loves you, and God's chosen you to be special for a higher level, meaning, meaningful life. And it's in Christ. When you start thinking in Christ. Okay, where do we start? We move to a higher level, level thinking. What does that look like? How does that express itself then in our daily life? Paul is going to give you the formula of how that expresses itself in daily life. And it starts with our attitudes. Proverbs 23 reminds us, saying, Your attitude determines your altitude. Isn't that a good thing? Your attitude determines your altitude. If you want higher level thinking, it starts with the attitude with which you now approach life and every single day. Here are the attitudes that Paul lifts up in Colossians that we need to move to in higher level thinking. You ready? He starts out with saying, look, if you're going to have higher level thinking, you need to have a compassion attitude. That is, you go through your day and you're thinking on Christ, you need to have compassion as your attitude, that you look for the opportunities of compassion. He would say it this way. Remember verse 12. God loves you and has chosen you as his own special people. Now, what's the next word? Little two letters there, right? You can say it. So, you see what that word does? You see, if you accept what he just said, that God loves you, that God's chosen you to be his incredible, significant, special people. So, therefore, because that's true, here's what happens. See, when you become higher level people and you become that special God-loved person that God chooses you to be, you move to another level. And in that level, you live with an attitude of compassion. You see it? So, be gentle, kind, humble, meek, and patient. Put up with each other and forgive anyone. Do you see that word? Forgive anyone. Not just the people you want to. Forgive anyone. That's a compassion attitude. It's higher level living that says, look, I don't care who I meet today. I'm going to look for the opportunity to be meek, to be humble, to be kind, to be gentle, to be patient, and to be forgiving with anyone. That's not the way the world is. 
That is the way life becomes significant for those who follow Christ. You have a compassion attitude. Second, you have a loving attitude. Verse 14 says, Love is more important than anything else. It is what ties everything completely together. When Jesus was asked by someone saying, Look, what's, what's the most important? What's the greatest commandment? Right? What did he say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Right? And love your neighbor as yourself. Remember that? Paul's just saying, Look, that's, it's a love attitude. You need to go through your day with an attitude that looks for the opportunity to be loving. To be loving to somebody else. Not just the people you want to be loving to. Not just the people it's easy to be loving to. But to have a higher level living is an attitude of love that expresses itself to anyone. Anyone. Last one. You need to have a peaceful attitude. A peaceful attitude says, look, I don't care what happens in my life. I know I can be at peace with Christ. Because of what Christ has done, it's okay. Life is still good. Let me give you an example, share a story. It's one of my favorite stories. I've probably shared it before, but it's a favorite, so I can share it again, right? Sure, that's what you say, right, Pastor, share it. That's okay. It's a favorite story. It's about this, uh, this king in Africa. You know, he's born to be king. And uh, he had a good friend. They grew up together, you know. He was king, good friend. They were always together, spending time together. Well, finally, the young man grew up, and he was made king. So he made his best friend his personal advisor. And they did everything together, you know. And the personal advisor helped the king on everything, you know. Wise decisions, hard decisions, fun, whatever it was. They were always together, always looking out for each other. Man, they just had a great relationship. Well, one day the king decided he was going to go on a hunt. So he went hunting, and his personal advisor, his best friend, went with him. And it was the job of his personal advisor to make sure his gun was ready, right, for the hunt. So the personal advisor prepared his gun. He gave it to the king. And the king, you know, saw this wild beast he wanted to shoot. And he pulled up, and he, you know, pulled the trigger. And something went wrong. Something went wrong. The guy loaded the gun wrong or something, but it blew the king's thumb right off. Gone. Blew the king's thumb right off. His friend looked at the situation and said, O king, it is good. The king said, it is good. What do you mean it's good? I lost my thumb. The king was so furious with this guy that he took him and he threw him in prison. And the guy kept saying, O king, it is good. The king threw him in prison for a year. During that year, of course, the king went on his own. He did his kingly kind of stuff. He decided he needed to go on a hunt again. So he went on another hunt, only this time he wanted to go for the really big game. And so he went into a part of his area that he never had gone before. And he had never gone there before because there was a neighboring tribe. The neighboring tribe was a tribe of cannibals. Now, unfortunate for the king, the king went to get this big game, and the neighboring tribesmen were out at that time on their own hunt, and they saw the king, and they captured him. They took the king, and they tied him to a pole, and they took him, and they hung him over a bunch of wood, and a guy came with a you know, stick full of fire ready to light the wood, and they looked the king over, and they noticed the king was missing a thumb. And they had a rule in the tribe that they never ate anything imperfect. So... They unbound the king, and they let him go. The king went back to his tribe. He was absolutely amazed. He was so thankful. And right away, he thought about his friend. 
He thought about his friend. He said, oh, I can't believe I put this man in prison for having my thumb blown off. And here, what saves me is my thumb blow, is blown off. And the guy was right all the time. It is good. He said, how could I do such a thing to my best friend? So right away he sent to have his friend released from prison. The friend came to the king. And the king said, I am so sorry. I was so wrong. I never should have put you in prison. It was wrong of me to do that. And the friend looked at the king and said, oh, king, it is good. The king said, it is good. How can you look at the situation and say it is good? I threw you in prison for a whole year because I, you, I blew off my... Th- How can you look at the situation and say it is good? The guy said, oh, king, it is good. If I had not been in prison, I would have been with you. <laughs> Think about it. It is good. See, I don't care what happens tomorrow in your life. A peaceful attitude says, it is good. Jesus Christ still rules. His grace is still for me. And I am His special chosen. It is good. And there's nothing that can happen. There's nothing that can take place that changes that reality. And if that's always true, then I'm always at peace. And life is good. It is a peaceful attitude. With the peaceful attitudes comes a simple, thankful attitude. Paul says it in just three words. He says, and be grateful. Simple enough? And be grateful. Don't forget. Don't forget. And just be grateful. As you go through that day tomorrow, you can have that attitude that says, not only am I at peace, but I am so thankful, so thankful for what Jesus Christ has done for me. I am so thankful for everything in the way he fills my life. See, when you live with those attitudes, an attitude of compassion, an attitude that looks for the opportunity to love someone, a peaceful attitude that says it is good, and a thankful attitude, your life is going to move to a different level. That's higher level living. Now, you look at that and you say, okay, well, that's fine, but how do you stay there? I mean, how, how does that happen? How do you get there? How do you stay there? Paul gives you the answer. Paul says, well, you were created for that higher level living, and God has supplied you with everything you need in order to stay and complete that kind of living. He starts out with our verse, 316. This is the key. 316 becomes the key to higher level living. 316 says, let the message about Christ do what? Isn't that awesome? Did you hear what he said there? Let it completely. Did he say, let it partially? (laughs) Let it once in a while? Let just a spoonful of sugar every so often? No. He said, let the Word, let the message of Christ, let the Scriptures completely fill your lives. See, if you want to have higher level living, it's because you let that word of God just continue to flow in your life, that it just surrounds your life. He says, look, let it fill your lives, and while you use all your wisdom to teach and instruct each other, that you need to let the word just fill your life. And you need to fill your life by sharing that word with others in the fellowship. You need to get in small groups. 
You need to get with other Christians and continue to look at the Word and let it speak to you and encourage you and instruct you and remind you about how what Christ has done for you. See, all you have to do is to read chapter number 1 of Colossians and Paul will tell you how incredible Christ is. You just need to get a reminder every once in a while that says, Wow! Paul says higher level living comes with those attitudes and those attitudes are maintained when the Word fills up your life. And companion with it, Paul would say, is when worship also fills your life. With thankful hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. We keep at a higher level and we keep our minds and our hearts on higher things when we keep worshiping. When we gather together in this room, God's here to lift us up and keep us at that higher level. When we come to the table and we share bread and wine, God's here to proclaim that grace and that forgiveness that lifts all the burden that drags us down and moves us up to that higher level. When we're with fellow Christians and we're just singing out and we're just letting the the Word fill this room up, God is raising us up. And He's raising all of the worries and all the anxieties and all the pressures and all the stuff the world wants to build into our life and drag us down with. He's lifting it off. We let the Word fill us up and we let worship fill us up. And when we do that, it raises us up and keeps us at that higher level where those attitudes can continue to dominate our days. And if we do that, the final thing happens, and that is Jesus fills us up. Paul says Jesus fills us up. It's in verse 17. Whatever you say or do, partial things, a few things, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. You see that? That means then whatever. Your whole life, whatever you do tomorrow, whatever you say or do should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus as you give thanks to God the Father because of Him. Whatever happens in tomorrow when your heart and mind are on higher things and you're displaying those attitudes, Jesus chooses to be with you and to fill up your day and to fill up your life. Let me end with a story. A young uh, Colombian girl had received a New Testament when she was at a Christian school. And she read the New Testament uh, once a day until her father caught her reading it. Her dad was absolutely furious with her and told her uh, not to read it anymore, that it was full of lies and full of fantasies. Nevertheless, the girl just was captured by the New Testament, and so she would sneak away and she would keep reading it. Till one day, her father caught her again reading the New Testament, and so he grabbed it away from her and simply took it away from her and threw it in his pocket. The father went off to work. He was a mining engineer. Several hours after he had left for work, the sirens went off, and the community was aware that there had been a cave-in at the mine. There were 31 men captured underground, and her father was one of those men. The community, of course, frantically worked trying to reach the men. They worked five days in order to finally reach these miners, and unfortunately, they were too late. All 31 men died, including 
the father's little girl. When the workers found the 31 men, and they found the father specifically, in the father's hand was clutched, you guessed it, the girl's little New Testament. He had it clutched in his hand, and his hands were in the position of prayer. When they opened up the New Testament, they read this note. To my daughter, keep reading this New Testament. It is true and right, and I will see you one day in heaven. Then they leafed through the New Testament, and they got to the back page, and on the back page there was that place where you could say the sinner's prayer and commit your life to Christ, and you could sign it. And sure enough, there on that back page, the father had signed his name. And then they flipped that page, and they found the final back cover. And on the back cover, they found all 30 names of every miner who was captured in that cave-in. I share the story because never underestimate the higher living that God can accomplish in your life. With the simplest of things. You may look at yourself today and think you're barbarian and Scythian, but I want you to hear you are special because God has chosen you, and He's chosen you for an incredible life. Not a regular life, but an incredible life that is higher than anything you can imagine. When you're filled up with His Word, when you're filled up with worship, and when you're filled up with Jesus Christ in your life. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, and we are so amazed by your goodness, by the love that you have for us. Uh, It is incredible what you accomplished in Jesus Christ. Help us to just let go of all the do's and don'ts, rules and regulations, and help us instead to just focus on Jesus. Help us to just focus in living a relationship with him that brings honor and glory to his name. Help us today centered in that life of higher living. Keep our hearts and mind focused in that place so that we could be people of significance. We thank you. We praise you for all your goodness found in Jesus Christ. It's in his holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Let's